Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Pada de. Uh, I'm your host, Clara. And I'm your other host, Jessica. Thanks for joining us again. We're super excited. We're interviewing Lonnie Landon today. You will learn more about her later. Um, but yeah, before we get to that, we usually spend a little bit of time catching up. Um, we've been really busy because it's fall, fall performance season, that means. So um, as we've talked about, Jess has seen everything. But I've seen a couple shows now. We've seen a couple together. We recently saw Heidi Latsky dance. Yeah, our most recent interviewee before this was Heidi, and we saw her show on Sunday. I just really loved how she got to this really natural way of moving that just worked for everyone on the stage. It was really wonderful to see how she pulled that out of the dancers. Yeah, I agree. A lot of the movements were very frenetic and really full of energy, which she had talked about, that energy and that passion that she looks for and that she brings to her choreography. So it was really cool to see it in action. I mean, I think... um, It was true to what we expected. And then we also had the pleasure of seeing Ballet Next recently, which was very interesting. Ballet Next performed with an improvisational jazz band. That was one piece, and then another piece was to uh, Steve Wright. The funny thing for me in that show is that the the two pieces were so different. Michelle Wiles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, was the second piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brian Reeder was the first choreographer. Right. Um, but Michelle's piece was so full of energy. It was this really joyous, jazzy piece of music that just felt so carefree. I felt like I was in New Orleans listening to this awesome band. And uh, the, the the dance, I think we both, both agreed, like the quality of the movement matched the music 100%. Mm-hmm. It just made you feel happy and excited and energetic they were moving the whole time I mean they were really moving really fast and really feeding off of each other's energy it was so cool to see that improvisational jazz mixed with contemporary ballet like you wouldn't think that the two would mix together but it just mixed really well yeah it did so that was a cool show Mm -hmm. and then I recently had the pleasure of seeing Sylvie Guillem's farewell performance tour. Oh my gosh, I never even got the lowdown on that. What's the 411? It's easy to take things for granted in the performance world. Mm. And then you suddenly realize, oh, this person isn't around anymore. This choreographer is not around. And I think she's one of those figures who we're really going to miss in the dance world. Brief background for listeners. What's her deal? So she is the greatest ballerina of our generation. There we go. Yeah. And I mean, she's always been known for having, you know, amazing facilities and just a Mm. beautiful ballet body. I mean, the perfect ballet body ever. Um, But she, over the last few years, has collaborated with a lot of contemporary choreographers. So she's gone down that path and has really challenged herself with different ways of dancing and different styles of dance. And the show that she presented was with a lot of contemporary choreographers from Europe. Mm. Um, my favorite piece was a William Forsyth piece. Oh. I wish I had the name of it, but it was actually two male dancers. And that was another reminder of, oh my gosh, that's another dance giant that's technically not with us anymore. I mean, mm. obviously he's around, Alive. but now he is taking up a university post at UCLA and mm. his dance company is no longer So he's not creating work in that sense anymore. And I felt like I was missing him, too, when I saw that piece and just loved it so much. Was it still fun to watch her dance? She 
just turned 50, apparently, or at least that's what the program notes said somewhere. Mm -hmm. And she's amazing. She just still looks like a wonderful dancer. Her facility is insane. Her leg is behind her head. Oh my gosh, wow. So it was just really touching. And the last piece that she performed was by Mats Ek. Mm. And it was very appropriate because it felt like a goodbye piece. And she sort of gestured, you know, goodbye in the end. And it was a very um, touching moment. Wow. Great. Well, I think we've talked a bunch about performances. So maybe we should uh, go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about our guest and get going with the interview. And remember, everybody, if you're not on com right now, check us out there, P-O-D-D-E-D-E-U-X.com. You can find Padada on iTunes and Facebook as well. All right, let's go. Today, we're pleased to sit down with Lonnie Landon, a dancer and choreographer in New York City. In addition to creating dances for her own collective, Lonnie Landon Dance Projects, her work is commissioned by dance companies and filmmakers across the country. Landon received her BFA in dance from the Juilliard School in 2005. After Juilliard, Landon performed with Azure Barton in Artists, Ballet Theater Munich, Tanz Munich Theater, and the Metropolitan Opera. Landon is the 2013 Princess Grace Choreography Fellowship winner awarded with Body Traffic. As a sought-after choreographer, her work has been commissioned by Kegwin and Company, Wim Wim, Levy Dance, the Juilliard School, Body Traffic, American Dance Institute, Northwest Dance Project, Hubbard Street 2, Ballet X, Ballet Austin, SUNY Purchase, and Marymount Manhattan College, just to name a few. Her company has performed at the Joyce Theater and Jacob's Pillow Inside Out series, as well as at Bryant Park and the first annual Beach Sessions in Rockaway Beach. Her company, Lonnie Landon Dance Projects, is a contemporary dance company dedicated to highly physical, dynamic, and challenging movement while delivering emotional currency to the integrity of the work. It's known for creating lush, innovative movement full of subtle detail and sophistication and maintaining a highly charged emotional current throughout. Upholding to the integrity of the movement itself, Lonnie Landon Dance Project's work searches for honest reaction and expression while shedding the performance persona. So that's a wonderful description of her work. Welcome to the show, Lonnie. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. We're excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so um, why don't you just, as we do with everyone, um, mm-hmm. get started by telling us how you first got into dance and uh, what styles of dance you trained in. So, yeah, I am from New York. I'm born and raised here, a New York native. Hey, that's yeah, special. Always special. Yeah. It's so rare. It's very, very rare. Rare breed. Is very, very say. rare breed these days. So people are really shocked that I'm from here. Um, but I started really young. I mean, I had a lot of energy, and my mom was a dancer. So oh. I just, but she did it for fun. But I think I didn't get, like, really serious into ballet So I did ballet, tap, jazz when I was a kid, and I didn't get really serious until I went to LaGuardia. So I did that commute. It was like over an hour each day. Is that high school or college? High school. The high school performing arts. Oh, Yeah. Fame school. Okay. (laughs) And that was really kind of the turning point. And my sister went there, so that's 
essentially I always followed her and whatever uh-huh. she did I did yeah and so then I studied um, ballet and gram there every day so I uh-huh. really intensely and then I went to the dance theater of Harlem so I traveled like crazy I don't even know how I did that I used to sew yeah. my point shoes on the train and I got really into ballet like really really intensely into ballet um, did you ever hurt yourself I always ask people who sew point sew point shoes on the train <laughs> <laughs> no, I just a lot of people used to talk to me actually. Uh, yeah, because um, <laughs> it was such a long. I don't. I really don't know how I did that. Um, and then so I used to take three ballet classes a day: two ballet, wow. one point, and one modern. Just oh my, my whole high school career. Wow. Yeah. Wait, so, so you would go to high school and then you would go to dance yeah. to Harlem for your training? Yes. So I imagine that very quickly you reached near professional level because when you're dancing that often at that age yeah it was like all I did every day all day so you know and then I knew I wanted to go to Juilliard so I think that was like to this day like one of my happiest moments I remember that they called I remember listening to the the voicemail because at LaGuardia that's really you walk past Juilliard every day and a lot of students from LaGuardia went to Juilliard so it's kind of like you just keep following their Mm -hmm. footsteps so we, I got in, and then I knew. Then, as soon as I went to Juilliard, it was kind of like you're set on your trajectory of being a professional dancer and artist. Then from Juilliard, the path was really to go to Europe. And I just went out on audition tour, and it was just I got the job in Munich, so that's how I got it. it I auditioned mm-hmm. all over the place. That's amazing. So you, like, toured around Europe auditioning in different yeah. countries? Yeah. Wow, talk about a Euro trip. That's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what still to this day, like the seniors do that. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, it's a thing. It's and a thing. <laughs> yeah. And so it seems like a lot of Juilliard dancers do just that. They go mm-hmm. on the audition, audition tour. tour. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually dance in Europe. Um, mm-hmm. How does Juilliard prepare you for? dance companies in Europe and why do you think that seems to be the trajectory there and not necessarily at other schools? Just the certain type of work that they brought to us at Juilliard was a lot of European and Israeli choreographers so Mm. that already we had we were lucky enough to have those opportunities to get introduced to these choreographers at a young age and I also think because you know I lived like a normal person in Europe I was part of society. I had a funded, like, my job was funded from the state. You know, when you're in a state theater, national theater in Europe, you're part of the city, the state, and you're really taken care of. You just, you know, I walked in, I signed papers, I had all my health insurance, Mm. I had an apartment, I got a monthly salary. You know, my quality of life was really incredible, and I got to work with a lot of amazing people and different types of choreographers and I just think that the caliber is really high in Europe because mm-hmm. you have time and space to develop yourself as an artist not just dancer but choreographers mm-hmm. you know and one thing you know I'm a New Yorker so I loved having this experience of having this quiet life and I definitely <laughs> took amazing things with me like now I have a rule I, I don't let myself work on Sunday because I love mm. that mm-hmm. aspect of it and I you know I didn't understand for a long time I was like wow people could just sit in a coffee shop for five hours and enjoy their life and ha- drink beer in Munich you mean yeah it's like the Germ- Germany and Europe and you know wow. I'm, a, I'm a New Yorker so they don't like, try to kick you out after no, two no. hours oh no you could sit <laughs> there all day long in my mind. 
and I didn't understand that. It took me a while to adjust. I definitely had like culture shock in the beginning, but then I started to realize like, you know, most people aren't from New York, so it's a very specific type of way of living here. Mm-hmm. And it was great for these four years to experience a slower pace lifestyle, which I really enjoyed. But there is part of me that was like hungry for this fire to carve my own pathway to be mm. more of a freelance independent artist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had that decision, should I go to another company? But at the moment in my life, I felt a little tired to start over in another country because it already, that's why I stayed there for it because I started to get used to it and Mm. started to make a great group of friends because I need to have a really balanced life work-wise and personal life. Mm -hmm. So um, then I just decided I needed to come home and figure out what I wanted to do and that's how I got into choreographing and in my theater in Munich my my old director gave us the dancers an opportunity to choreograph in our own shows and that was really what Mm. was the springboard for me and it was the most popular show Mm. of the season it was like the dancers choreograph Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so it, this was in Munich? In that, Munich, So yeah, how yeah. long were you there? Four years. Four years, yeah. okay. And when did you first have the opportunity to choreograph? Was it all along? Yeah, I mean, at Juilliard, I could have choreographed, but I was more focused on dancing and, like, okay. getting, like, perfection. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> and being this that. dancer that I really wanted to be. And, well, in my last year at Juilliard, like, we really started to learn more improvisation, and I really enjoyed mm. that, and... You know, working with different choreographers in Europe was really the moment where I was like, oh, I love being in collaboration. Oh, my God, this is so fun. This is so cool. Mm -hmm. I can be myself. I mean, every dancer is an individual, but I always found, like, I'm very specific. Mm -hmm. In your movement In my movement and my being. Like, I have this crazy hair, and I have a lot of energy, and, you know, I was always, like, a specific type of mover and very raw. So, but when I was in a new creation, I just loved it. I mean, it was, I was, or the moments where I was happiest. And in Europe, it's like Mm. you have so much time. Mm -hmm. They gave you like three months for a new creation and like one month in the theater. And you can, I just remember days sitting in the theater where my director would just like play with the lights. And at the (laughs) moment, I didn't realize it. Mm. I didn't realize like, wow, what a like. A luxury. Yeah, exactly. What a luxury. And then, you know, now that I'm creating a lot here, it's just such a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Draw the contrast for our listeners. What Mm. would be normal here for a timeline? I mean, all I know is that we would get maybe a week of tech in the theater before for a show yeah not even when I was dancing but what about the whole timeline is three months that's no not even I mean no no it's not <laughs> so <laughs> not so it depends so, like you know I've tried different ways of working with my own group but a commission I, I still I have to be honest haven't figured out what works the best for me mm, so mm-hmm. usually when you go to a commission is when a company hires you to make a new piece Mm-hmm. which I really enjoy because you get to learn a lot and you get to practice making a dance. Sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not so great and that's what you have to accept yeah. and be okay with it. But, you know, most places you go away for two weeks and you work every day, so uh, it is a, a good amount of time. I mean, it's probably about 40 hours 
which is the, I guess, normal amount, normal amount mm-hmm. of time that you get, it's so fast and you don't have time to think about it. You don't really have a break to step away from it. Mm. I actually liked how I worked at, I created a piece at Juilliard last year for new dances and I thought that was the most, ex- I really enjoyed that. That was about two months having three times a week, but mm. you know, space in between mm. the weeks so yep. I can go home and watch it, have time away from it. But mm-hmm. it was consistent enough that it wouldn't totally leave my body, my brain, or the dancer's body or brain. Every place you work has a different way of working. So mm-hmm. you kind of just adjust to see what they're offering you. Doing a commission on an artistic side, you know, I love the idea of that you create something out of nothing and mm. you like birth this piece and you're like, how did I even do that in the end? which is really overwhelming and very satisfied or not. Or Mm -hmm. on the flip side to that, I don't really feel like I'm pushing myself artistically because I don't have time. I just, I need to Mm. solve the problem and get it done. It's like a job. Um, But yeah, you still, at the end of the day, have the same stress that all work people do, trying to get something done by a certain time. And this just happens to be more creative. I just have to solve problems. Making a dance is like problem solving. You know, it's Mm. this huge puzzle of different parts, moving parts. Literally, body parts. Moving body parts (laughs) that you have to figure out, how does this make sense? How does this put together Mm. and then you have I love working I really love with working with a new composition Mm. a composer because that Mm -hmm. you know for me I do not enjoy sitting at the computer listening to music and then you know finding someone and they're like someone just made a dance to that and then you can't get Uh, publishing rights and stuff like that so I think it elevates my dances and it brings you something for me, something new that I don't expect when you have new music written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's always exciting. I mean, not you don't always have that opportunity because of mm-hmm. financial. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot to come together. Yeah, it's um, a lot that comes together, and it happens in in New York. It's so fast. It's just like I'm. Whoa. I'm shocked if there are times you've had only a week with dancers to create a piece. I mean, that's. Oh, no, I never had a week. Two weeks. To 40, oh, okay. Okay. 40 hours, yeah. but oh, Over the course of two weeks, yeah. 40 hours. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's nothing. It's nothing. I can't believe mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that's norm- because it's really hard for companies to keep flying you back and forth, back and forth, which I understand. It's nice if you can go to a company, have some time, then have some time away from it, and then yeah. come back. Because, you know, I'm going to change. I'm not in the same place. The dancers are going to change. You know, some days when you work, you have crappy days and you didn't accomplish anything or you just throw it out. And Mm -hmm. like, I definitely do that a lot. I, you know, I'm interested in collaboration. So some days you might be off or a dancer might be off. There's so many factors that come into play. So let's talk about your process. Okay. Um, Because process. process. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you talked a lot about collaboration you really enjoy working in this way and then you also mentioned that you like to video the work and Mm -hmm. look at it at home and then come back Mm -hmm. so tell us more about your process and how you work with the dancers and Mm -hmm. with your video I was just gonna say in Europe why I was so inspired was because the process was so collaborative and I honestly found my voice as a dancer and a collaborator Mm -hmm. because I realized wait you're asking me what I think whoa okay (laughs) that's awesome you know and just to have a really interesting dialogue and have the time to have a dialogue and to have that's what I wanted to bring back with me to have it more open to have it more collaborative and more working together instead of me just saying 
five, six, seven, eight, which is mm-hmm. not that interesting to me. So yeah. people that I tend to work with, like on my own, you know, I'll give them different movement tasks and ideas and we'll come up with things together mm-hmm. or I'll just give them a direct a direction of what I'm interested in seeing. And then I, I create like little pieces of the puzzle. So I'll, for instance, like I'll create a trio and this trio is about this and then I'll I'm like, okay, check, trio. Then I'll make a duet with two women, okay, over there. Then I'll make a, a mm-hmm. nor- like a, another duet, or then I'll make a group section, or, you know, or I'll have them manipulate a phrase of movement that I taught them. And then I use a lot of choreographic tools to really change it and disguise it. Because for me, I don't want to see contrived dancing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch choreography, you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. First of all, can you give us an example of a movement task? I'm not sure if everyone's heard that. Oh, okay. I think growing up in New York, I am really hyper aware. I'm really adaptable and I'm really um, aware of my surroundings. I don't know, also because yeah. maybe I'm middle child, I don't know. But I'm really observant. <laughs> and like, oh, that's New York. Yeah, it's New York. <laughs> like I, you know, I observe a lot. There's so much choreography in life. Like, mm. so like on the subway, I watch a lot of people and I love when like, sing- when people get synchronized or mm. like, you know, like someone has like a weird twitch or something. But I'll take like, or I'll see like how someone's body language is. And I take a lot of images. So I will show the dancer oh. an image of saying like, oh, I want to portray this. I, I use a lot of photography. Oh. I love Pinterest for that reason oh, and Instagram actually um, oh but gosh. no so a movement task so one thing that I was working on is that one person will manipulate someone's foot mm-hmm. and you cannot let go of the foot okay something like that and then I'll oh. go further with it and I'll say okay go work on that now come back by yourself and do it by yourself without your partner okay. and it still looks like she or he's getting manipulated so it creates a different dynamic so like I have a lot of layers of tasks that I'll ask the dancers to do um to go like one up you know so it's like okay how could you one up yourself one more interesting yeah okay so like a lot of like body part things just like qualities like okay like do this phrase but like look into their eye like look at this body part or Mm -hmm. you know look to that part of the room never bring your eyes forward you know kind of really practical simple things that what I've noticed is always the most successful like something super simple or why is it that this type of process has a different effect on the audience yeah I think it's more human and I think Mm. that's why Mm -hmm. people always have a positive reaction or you know tell me that they connected to it and that to Mm. me is the most important more human to the dancers like maybe they're more invested or it's not glitzy or like Hmm. sparkly or you know it's just real or we're trying to portray them as people like what they experience what their human experience is we just talk about like what our experience is in rehearsals you know people want to connect everyone wants to connect in day-to-day life too I want to connect it's hard now with all this phone and (laughs) devices and this and that nobody's looking at each other I know are we more or less connected but I would have to agree with what you're saying about sort of a realness that comes through Mm -hmm. with your movement I've seen a couple pieces of yours one that was with Ballet X oh yeah and most recently at Rockaway Beach okay yeah yeah it's really just bringing dance to the public. Like, whoever's yeah. on the beach today, that day, gets to watch it. Mm-hmm. And Rockaway has a really strong creative community. 
Really? You know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of creatives that live there, so it's really she's trying to bridge the gap to have more collaborations. And this is something, I guess you might ask asking this, but this is what I'm interested in is, yeah. you know, how can we move dance forward? And I think it's by collaborating with different people and also young artists in different fields and how we can make something cool together. Yeah. Um, Happy to hear you say that because part of our mission statement is to make dance more approachable. And yeah. And that's why I love this Rockaway Beach Festival because it is so many people, they wouldn't necessarily see dance, go to see dance, but they would just happen to be on the beach and they had such a strong reaction. And I'm really mm-hmm. like passionate about this project and hopefully we'll keep growing. I know it will keep growing, but you know, it's not for me just about making dance for a specific audience like for the dance audience like i mean dance has such a specific audience and i'm grateful for those people this is the big question how do we get new people to come watch dance you know and that hits on a lot of themes that we've talked about previously in other episodes Mm -hmm. the dance community can be very insular yes and you said it yeah, and really it's how do you get more people interested in it and make them feel like they're a part of it Yeah, because it's so easy to feel like, oh, this is just insider information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it just it self-perpetuates that impression. I had the weirdest text exchange with some guy from Tinder the other day where <laughs> he said, well, nobody watches dance because dance is elitist. He yeah. made that statement to me, yeah. and I thought he was just joking. And I was like, well... Yeah, I mean, traditionally, like, you know, it's been accessed by a certain yeah. population, but it doesn't need to only appeal to those people. And he's like, no, no, but it only appeals to people who are, like, I don't even know the words he used, affluent yeah. or, like, bougie or something. I'm like, it's so Well, fun. I'm definitely bougie. <laughs> well, I'm a bunhead, so oh my God. <laughs> but, like, no. We want to talk about dating. <laughs> That's another one. <laughs> but nope. I don't want to talk about dating. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it feels very separatist, which I don't like. Mm. Do you find that it's hard to relate to, or that it's maybe hard, I should say, for non-dancers or non-dance people to relate yeah, to what you do? Yeah, totally. To I think, across? you know, now that I'm, like, single again, dudes are really into art, and I tried mm-hmm. dating them, and they were like, oh, my God, this is so cool what you do. And then, you know, I also tried the flip side of dating someone recently that has <laughs> no idea, which was kind of nice, not going to lie. <laughs> but he was like, wait what do you do in a day? And I told him my schedule and he was like, whoa, I can't even believe. (laughs) He was like, wait, your, your schedule's insane. So, yeah. But anyway, off the boys, back to the (laughs) dance. That's interesting though. I mean, like whether you can, you know, we're very interested in how other people relate to dancers. Yeah. I just, I just think that like what I think, what I think is really cool now is like, all these like even New York City Ballet did it with JR mm-hmm. and I think that's really interesting and JR, the the street artist you know oh. he he collaborated with but I'm really interested in trying to go in that trajectory I mm-hmm. really thought like that show I didn't get to see it but the Armory show with like Wayne yes. McGregor and Olafur Ellison and Jamie XX like I find those interesting I want to do stuff like that. So I'm putting it out there. That's what I want to do. That's great. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We're so happy. Yeah. Yeah. I want to meet people, you know, that are doing, who are respected in their field also. Like, I don't want to just stay in this little box. Like, I'm. And you're in quite a big box right now. I mean, you're collaborating with, like, great artists. (laughs) And it's, it's weird. Like, 
this is like real talk like mm -hmm. what's weird and what i talk to about other with young choreographers it's like in one hand it's like we're doing well mm -hmm. you know and really mm -hmm. well and and the other hand it's like well we still have to pay our rent totally exactly. and like it's the such a it's a catch-22 and it's weird and like i that's like for someone my age i feel really behind in certain things like normal yeah. things normal life i'm like oh but then in my career it's you're just, doing very well yeah but what does well mean right you know and so you're onto something very important and um I have to share a story about mm -hmm. that show at the Park Avenue yeah. Armory, Tree of Codes. Yeah, Tree of Codes. So it's funny. I wait until the last minute to always get my performance tickets. Mm -hmm. And this one in particular, I waited until the week of because I thought, Wayne McGregor, only dance people know who he is. <laughs> yeah. The Armory's huge. Of course, it's totally sold yeah. out. Tickets that's were on StubHub for, for twice. Yeah, for yeah, 200. I know. That's why I didn't go. And so I eventually got a StubHub ticket. I found something cheaper than 200 mm -hmm. oh But I realized, like, duh, of course, Jamie XX is yeah. on the bill. But so no wonder. But that is golden yeah. because yeah. that is yeah. this yes. is how you're going to get a new audience. All of my friends who are creatives went to the show and they texted me after. Like, you know, photographer. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends who are photographers, filmmakers. This was the hilarious thing. All these people. <laughs> Like, I loved it. Oh my god, it was so inspiring. All the dance people were like, I hated it. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I was more interested to hear about my other friend's opinion. Yeah. But this is how we're gonna get more people to come to see dance. Dance has yes. to be part of it. And people right now, what I've noticed, people want to experience something. They want to yes. be involved. So, you know, sometimes going to sit in a dark theater is not that appealing yes. right. well, and, and that and that and that really is like right now because they people can sit home and watch it on youtube Ugh. Yeah. and that's really mm -hmm. a shame <laughs> and sad so it's like stuff like this to get a broader audience is to figure out okay like let's take this person and they have a huge fan base and they yeah. have and then we can add dance which you know if people are watching dance they are going to respond to it they are going to have feelings exactly. but they just don't know it yet exactly that's yeah. the thing that's it's a, an event to get them in the door they need someone to they get think is in, cool yeah someone like you know big dj that they think is cool mm -hmm. then all of a sudden they're watching the dance and they're, they're like wow this is great this is visually stunning then maybe next time they'll go to not next time but you know 20 years later maybe they'll go to a dance show on its own yeah like, it's but you're so right. We're so happy to hear you say this. And yeah, this is what I want to talk about. That's why I have my own, like, yeah. Please like I bring I, your agenda. My agenda. Uh, speaking of agendas, when's your next show? Let's get that in oh, yeah. ASAP here <laughs> so people can. My next show is with Kegwin and Company, which everyone should come. It's at the Joyce Theater December 8th through 13th. Great. And it's really incredible. What I love about it is that Larry Kegwin invited me and Adam Barrick, another young emerging chore emerging choreographer, mm -hmm. to make a piece on his company. And it's been a really beautiful gift for him to pay it forward, to give us this opportunity. It's been really awesome. And you have to check the schedule because it's not every day, my okay. piece. I think it's my piece is December 8th, December 10th, and December 12th. Okay. Mm. Yeah. We'll make note of that on our yeah our own media. schedule yes <laughs> yes um but again we're really happy to hear that this is something that you're very interested in and in general we tend to like it when choreographers um, are interested in what the audience or what the audience thinks and yeah. how they're going to respond to your work 
And I have to say, your work, generally speaking, does feel very approachable because of the human touch Mm -hmm. that you bring to the work. Someone can connect to it in one way or the other. Yeah. Uh Yeah, I think that's what's so great about it. There are pieces that are that have a very clear emotional agenda. It's a story mm-hmm. or it's a vignette. Uh, and then there are pieces that, as far as I can tell, have zero emotional agenda and are really just about like the geometrics almost of putting mm-hmm. people's body bodies in a certain position. And those can be interesting, but I usually don't like them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I see a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. And I have not seen your work live, um, which I'm going to correct soon with Yay, your upcoming show. Come. I'm really excited. Yeah. But I did see a couple videos and I definitely feel like you're you're really hitting that sweet spot. Well, I'm fine with like narrative works as well, mm-hmm. but um, it's still kind of a sweet spot where I think you have to have just a certain natural talent or something mm-hmm. you're bringing to the table that even though you're not you don't have a clear emotional agenda, you don't have a clear story or narrative or vignette um, going on, there's something, the dance makes us feel something. Mm-hmm. And maybe we don't know and what I that is. And I also just love dance. Like, I've trained a long time, and I'm really physical, and I love watching what people can do. I just, yeah. you know, and sometimes I don't, maybe necessarily, I maybe just want to watch a dance, you know? Like, yeah. you know, just just dance for dance sake you know yeah Yeah. and I I haven't always found the right way to say this it's not necessarily there's an emotion that I'm like oh I feel something from watching a dance but if I'm gonna like a piece it it has an effect I don't know yeah yeah totally you 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 have some kind of experience experience that reaction experience whatever (laughs) it is but there's an experience there and you know and I think now people especially you know like that's why immersive theater is becoming so popular because people have this experience and people who maybe aren't necessarily the theater goer but they they feel something uh like like sleep no more yeah okay. exactly mm-hmm. that's you know isn't that interesting you know because it's not billed as dance and it really isn't there's not a lot of dancing no dance is in it's in it but it's it's yeah, part of it that's but why it's people it, go. that's why people go <laughs> but it's a it's a show like there's mm-hmm. a set and acting and you know but dance is a big part of it um i love that show by the way yeah, yeah. me too what are some goals of yours going forward and Mm -hmm. what would you like to see yourself doing just in terms of connecting more with the audience or bringing Mm -hmm. people to dance more? I I actually think I'm going to have a pause from commissions even though that's basically paying my bills. I need some time to like be with my own group of dancers to explore because I feel like I need to push myself creatively but I also need the time and opportunity to do that and you know I have to say that has been my one thing why I'm like oh I have this company you know I say it's a project-based company so we'll work on something when we have something because Mm. it's all the dancers that I love to work with they work a million jobs so it's really hard to even get them in the room together um so you know just to create a schedule it's challenging moving forward I think I would like to work with my dancers a little bit and create what I'm thinking about is like okay what am I interested in doing next I would love to have like a residency where Mm. like I said I don't want to just create a dance show I want to I want to meet different people so we can collaborate on I want to work on a project I want to have dialogue my own dialogue with different creators and see okay like let's try to see what can come out of this if we all get into a room together find someone who's also doing something in their field you Mm -hmm. know it was cool yesterday I worked on a movie and that was awesome Mm. and I like to do some more of that so I was like a movement consultant and just I consulted and it was so cool I was like okay 
Very but cool. I definitely want, I'm really interested in dance film, so mm. I want to keep working with, and especially right now, like, did you see Justin Bieber? I mean, all his, like, he has dance movements for all this I, different um uh, I admit I'm a little out of the loop. Oh, okay. I should be in the loop. My roommate is, like, booking his tour right now, but I don't know. Well, I'm just saying, like, dance is really popular right now, so, for mainstream culture, so it's oh, just, right. yeah, kind yeah. Of no, not even like real contemporary. So you know, watch Justin. There's is he doing contemporary? No, Justin? so he just did a video with two contemporary dancers. Oh, cool. Okay. You know, um, ah. I'm just saying it's nice. like going mainstream. So yeah, oh, you're like, totally right. There's been so much interest in dance lately. So much. Yeah. So many more TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, the show that just came out on Stars. Oh, Flesh, Flesh and Bone. Bone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're uh, planning on watching that soon with our friends while drinking wine. Okay. (laughs) Um. When you are selecting your own dancers to work Mm -hmm. with, what sort of qualities do you look for, and how is it different setting a dance on them or collaboratively working with them versus working with other companies? This is such a good question. Well, I look for people who are people, number one, that I can relate to, Hmm. that I feel I like them, their being. I'm, you know, something that speaks to me, like, you know, life experience, but also they're really good at improvisation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're really physical. They're not afraid to be bold and, like, make their own choices and decide what they want to do. Um, and they have their own voice. We can have good dialogue and conversation, and their body speaks to me in some mm-hmm. kind of way. And I, I like fluidity, but I also like full movers, mm. big, mm-hmm. raw. The difference is I feel like I can go more with them because they know me. You know, it's like a good friend. Mm-hmm. They know you. They don't need to ask permission. You're just comfortable around them. Wow. And they can push me to go further with ideas or, you know, I'll say, okay, I have this idea, and then we'll just explore the idea further whereas when you meet someone for the first time Mm -hmm. you know there's always a boundary or barrier or they don't understand what you mean or you're not as articulate as you want or you know maybe you just don't like their vibe that's let's be honest Mm -hmm. another thing big thing I want to talk about is that you know I am young and I work with people around my own age a lot sometimes older Mm -hmm. actually I just experienced working with someone 10 years older, which I really liked. Wow. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not everyone is down with that. Right. Oh, yeah. A lot of dance, you know, I'm not saying a lot. I'm just generalizing. You know, I'm very practical and down to earth. And So mm-hmm. when you're hiring someone, have you always hired people you're already friends with? Or is there a process or of breaking down Or there's a process, the like, yeah, like, I'll see them in a show. And then because I started the playground, that's another thing. I don't know if you guys know about it. No, tell us about the playground is a passion project. Basically, when I came back from Europe, I was like, I have nowhere to go because I didn't I was taking a break from being in a company and I wanted to go to a place and not spend $20 for a class. And Mm -hmm. I would get like disinterested in it and I would leave halfway through. And that was my own thing. But, (laughs) you know, I mean, there was like a teenager in there and I was just like, what is this? Like, I'm so confused. Like, what's what is this class? So I was like, there's no space for professional level people to go and just practice and mm. being and meet choreographers. So that's what we did. Mm-hmm. We decided, and for choreographers, we gave them a chance to have two hours of playtime, which, mm-hmm. you know, this 
a big gift to have any free space in the city. Totally. So wow, they could bring in their own dancers or just go well, themselves. no, so no, so we it's for the it's for the professional dancers. Yeah, they mm-hmm. can bring their own dancer, but for the dancer, it's only five dollars. Oh, so okay. it's a sharing Very space cool. where the choreographer says, "Okay, I need bodies. I have an idea. I want to see if it works." Or I want to work on this idea, or I want to do improv this whole class, or I want to look at this. And, you know, dancers make no money, as we all know. So mm-hmm. how can they afford $20 a class? And yeah. then, so we just thought, oh, that's a win-win. And we've been really lucky because we partnered with Gibney, Gibney Dance. Oh. Now we have a consistent Saturday. Wow. So check our website, playgroundnyc.org. And it's been really inspiring because I, do, I just write emails to people. Sometimes face them like, hey, I have this project. I see that you're going to be in town. I heard you're in town. Um, and I also have the European connection, which is mm. great. And everyone has been so generous and supporting and supportive. And, you know, it's been awesome to start something from the ground up really grassroots and to have the support of Gibney Dance and that's another project where we're trying to figure out okay how to move this forward because it's been going at um, you know we'll have these pop-up workshops but now we want to try to push the envelope a little bit more and our whole mission is just to provide new possibilities for dance artists because what's incredible is that when a friend comes from Europe, they're like, oh my God, the dancers are so good in the city. And I'm like, I know, right? But there are no jobs. But the dancers here have a different fire mm-hmm. that some other dancers don't. Mm. Right? And because they have to do everything here if yeah. they want. They have to know and be enthusiastic and it's it's a different vibe. Yeah, but that's really wonderful, the work that you're doing with Playground. Yeah, I'm really into it. Giving more dancers and choreographers literally space mm-hmm. that they need because that is such a problem yeah that is a city. big problem money space time people. yeah people people i mean they're all these talented dancers and they're so busy when do you even get them all in a room well they're Unless working like them. 10 jobs yeah. like bartending and you know and then they're on their feet all night and they're tired and mm-hmm. babysitting and everything mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i used to babysit before this was going on Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am curious because you said that you had to tell someone you were dating who had no idea about your life what you did in a day. Yeah. What did you tell it? Like, what do you do in a day? What's your day? Yesterday at 9 a.m. I was working on this movie set in Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. And then... Was it indie or was it like uh, no, Hollywood or... feature. Yeah, are you really allowed to say what it is yet? Or? Yeah, it was some well-known actors. It was okay. really cool. Like, okay, we'll learn later. Um, yeah, cool. and then, then I had to go to Princeton because I'm adjunct faculty right now which has been incredible so that's like an hour and a half each way so I didn't get home till probably like 10 30 or 11 and then I ate dinner and I was like hey it's 1 30 why am I still awake (laughs) (laughs) um today do emails I did yoga I try to do yoga every day I still am a physical being and I need to get my energy out then I did an interview for Kegwin (laughs) then I had to look at my costumes then I came here, and now I'm going to have a personal life. I have to try to maintain that. I have a friend's surprise birthday. Every day is so different. That's mm-hmm. why I can't keep track. I have usually a lot of meetings. But if I'm in process, like right now, not next week, the week after I go back to Kegwin, and then it's every day that I'm there mm-hmm. in the studio with them. Mm-hmm. Or if I am working with my group, then it's there. But I have to say I travel a lot. 
Oh, okay. So yeah. I travel mm-hmm. a lot. So, like, this has been the longest I've been in New York for a long time. We were oh, lucky wow. to catch you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's yeah tiring. Yeah, so it is it is really tiring. And, like, my whole family makes fun of me, like, why I can sleep so late. But <laughs> <laughs> you're catching up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there are just a lot of elements that – not everyone thinks about too. It sounds like for your company, do you do the scheduling as well with the dancers, or do you have some? Oh uh, no, no, I have one of the dancers help me because it's it's too much. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, it's really hard. I I still, <laughs> this is so New York of me, but I do so much, but I'm still like it's not enough. Like yeah. oh yeah, yeah, it's so New York, it's so New York. <laughs> and it's like yeah. when yeah. I just like it's crazy. Like I'll I can be like in like ten different neighborhoods in one day. And it doesn't even phase me. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. that's just the norm, you know? It's like, like, well, I think the thing is for creative people, if you don't feel like you have created something, like you're birthing something, you kind of feel like you're not doing anything. Well, I think that's what it is. Well, that yeah. that's a, a big thing. And mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing with dancers also, why it's hard to stop dancing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. It's like people who get into a dance have a certain type of energy. Mm-hmm. We're physical beings and you know once you don't have that outlet or like being tactile or like mm-hmm. performing or it, it's you don't know where to put your energy every dancer you know identifies as a dancer and it's really mm-hmm. hard where you're like well what am I if I'm not dancing I definitely had like time off like six months I took off before I like started choreographing more hardcore and I was like no I'm not ready to like stop like I still want to be in this field and you know it's just part of me mm-hmm. well I think yeah, everything we've, we've gotten through a lot. I yeah. know. <laughs> you guys are professional. <laughs> well, thank you so much. No. This was really fun. Oh, yeah, this is yeah. really fun. And really informative. Um, and everybody who made it this far, uh, remember to look at com to see all of our interviews and more information about every guest. And you can also find Padada on iTunes and Facebook and Twitter. Thank awesome. you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.